0: Everybody keeps on talking about how tough South Carolina's schedule is in 2022. So today, I'm going to look at who the easiest and toughest games are for Shane Beamer and the South Carolina Gamecocks. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Line, and as always, thank you for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast daily. All right, so for today's show, I'm going to discuss a couple different topics between both football and men's basketball. At the end of today's show in segment three, I'm going to be discussing the latest commitment for Lamont Paris and the coaching staff on the men's basketball front from an in-state target and three-star power forward, Colin Murray Boyles. But for the first two segments of today's show, I'm going to be discussing all of South Carolina's opponents that they have on the schedule for the 2022 football season and will be giving my own personal ranking of who the easiest opponent is all the way down to the toughest. In segment one, I'll rank the six easiest opponents for the Gamecocks. And then segment two, I'll rank the six toughest opponents. That's the way I'm going to be doing today's show. So, hope that you all enjoy it. But, without further ado, let's go ahead and get all right into it. So, let's start off with the easiest game for the Gamecocks in 2022 And for that one, I think it's a pretty easy pick. Week 5 versus South Carolina State. South Carolina State's the only FCS opponent the Gamecocks are playing this season. Now, they did win the MIAC Championship and Celebration Bowl Championship this past year. And they've done very well under head coach Buddy Pugh. But in my opinion, the talent gap, of course, is just going to be way too large for the South Carolina State Bulldogs to overcome. It's a home game for the Gamecocks. And I think this will pretty much end up being a name-your-score type of ball game. The second easiest game for South Carolina this next season I think will be week 4 against the Charlotte 49ers. Now, this game is slotted between both the Georgia game and South Carolina State game on the schedule. Charlotte went 5 and 7 and 3 and 5 in conference play in Conference USA. This past year, and they're led by Will Healy, who is considered to be one of the rising stars in the coaching industry. Someone who did really well at the FCS level, especially from a recruiting standpoint, is looked at as one of these modern day, younger type coaches who knows how to build a culture and a program. But despite everything I just mentioned about Will Healy, this game will once again pretty much be a name your score type of ball game because it's only year two into his tenure, and while Over time, Healy might turn the 49ers into a really solid group of five program. He just doesn't have enough talent there yet in order to make some noise, especially in a game like this. Especially in a game like this. And so for that reason, I think this is the second easiest game for the Gamecocks in 2022. Now, the third easiest game for South Carolina, I think, will be Week 10 at Vanderbilt. Now, this game is going to be slotted between the Missouri game at home in Week 9 and the Florida game on the road in Week 11. Now, Vanderbilt, in my opinion, will be a little bit more competitive in Year 2 under head coach Clark Lee, but once again, the Gamecocks, in my opinion, just hold a significant talent gap over the Commodores. And I do understand that the Commodores gave the Gamecocks everything they could handle this past year, and we're extremely close to defeating South Carolina for the first time in like 11-12 years in Columbia. I get all of that, but to be honest with y'all, South Carolina did have their own share of issues this past season. A lot of issues that I think this year will not be there, and talent is definitely one of them, especially on the offensive side of the ball overall. I think that this year, this game is not going to be close. I think that South Carolina is going to be out for blood after what nearly happened this past year. Shane will have him ready for this game, and... I think that this one could get ugly for the Commodores in a hurry. Now, the fourth easiest game for the Gamecocks in 2022, in my opinion, is going to be their Week 9 matchup against the Missouri Tigers at home. Now, this game on the schedule is slotted between the Texas A&M game in Week 8, which is at home, and the Vanderbilt game on the road in Week 10. So from a schedule standpoint, this game's not going to be really that daunting. I don't see this maybe being a trap game per se, because it is at home. Texas A&M, of course, could be a tough game, and I'll get to that later down the line. But again, it's not sandwiched between two really big games in this case. Now Missouri is a team that has narrowly defeated the Gamecocks In both their previous matchups. And so they're going to be going for three wins in a row this year. And while this game has historically been very close since Missouri joined the SEC... I think the Gamecocks are going to end the skid this year. I think that Missouri's got a couple question marks on their team that the Gamecocks just don't have. First of all, the quarterback situation. While I know that Missouri apparently has a couple options they feel like they have that could start a quarterback, is somebody going to step up and be the guy? It's a lot easier said than done. And also, their defense. Their defense was horrendous last year. And While they showed signs of improvement at the end of last year, could they take any leaps forward this season? If their defense was even just average last year, Missouri could have potentially won seven, eight games. But because of how bad they were, it costed them in a lot of different ball games. And this year, while I'm not going to say the Missouri's defense is going to be bad again, especially as bad as they were last season, I just feel like South Carolina right now is in a much better spot. I think they're more solidified at the quarterback position. I think that South Carolina returns much more experience and have a better defense overall. All of which will lead, in my opinion, to a comfortable win in the end in Columbia, South Carolina. Now, the fifth easiest game for the 2022 season, in my opinion, is Week 11 at Florida. Now, I know this is going to be the first game that is going to maybe surprise a bunch of you who are listening or watching this right now. And if you're a Florida fan, you might be about ready to throw something. But hear me out real quick. South Carolina is going to be coming off the heels of the Vanderbilt game of Week 10, which I already mentioned, I don't think it's going to be a tough game for the Gamecocks. They do play Tennessee at home the week after. So this game could be, I guess, somewhat of a trap game just based on the opponent after the fact. But I just don't think that's going to be the case because of what Florida is going to be dealing with on their end with their schedule. This is going to be the last game of a tough four-game stretch the Gators are playing over the course of five weeks. Get ready for this, because these are the opponents that they're playing in this four-game stretch. In Week 7, the Gators play LSU at home. Then they have a bye week in Week 8. Then in Week 9, they play Georgia in the world's largest cocktail party in Jacksonville. Then they play on the road at Texas A&M in Week 10. By this point, A&M couldn't be playing much better with this youth and experience they're going to have on their team this year. And then they play South Carolina at home. So Florida could be beaten, battered, and bruised by the time they end up playing the Gamecocks. And let's be honest here. I've heard a lot of talk recently about how Florida could potentially win seven, eight games this year. And while this is not turning into a prediction video by any means, to try to keep it short and sweet, I'll say this. Florida is going to go through some struggles in 2022. They are not totally devoid of talent. I'm not saying that. But they lack offensive playmakers. They lack depth at multiple positions on their football team. And they're being led by a first year coaching staff that is coming from the Sun Belt Conference. No offense to the Sun Belt Conference, they're not bad for Group of Five play. But the SEC is an entirely different animal. And despite this game being on the road, when comparing where both of these teams are at right now, South Carolina, in my opinion, has no real reason to lose this game. Besides the fact that it is on the road, it is an SEC game, so you do never know with that. And maybe South Carolina could have a bunch of injuries. And Florida, of course, should not be playing to bank on that. So with all these factors included, I just don't really see this game being as difficult as some outsiders make it out to be, at least from my perspective. And then, the sixth easiest game that the Gamecocks are playing in 2022 is Week 1 against the Georgia State Panthers. Now, of course, this is the first game of the season for the Gamecocks, and they'll be facing off against the Georgia State squad, who won eight games last year. They're led by fifth-year head coach Sean Elliott, who was a longtime assistant at South Carolina, and because of that, he knows this place like the back of his hand. He knows what it's like to coach and play at williams Bryce Stadium. And his Georgia State Panthers have played well against SEC competition recent years. Obviously, they knocked off Tennessee in a week one matchup back in 2019 in Neyland Stadium. And then, they almost defeated the Auburn Tigers in Jordan-Hare Stadium in 2021. And again, if it weren't for a couple of calls from the officials, they might have won that ball game. So, this is not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. And to top it all off for the Gamecocks, this game is taking place before the Arkansas game on the road in Week 2. And, of course, they play Georgia in Week 3 at home. So could the Gamecocks potentially overlook the Panthers? There's always that possibility, no matter how hard a coaching staff can try to keep these guys focused on Georgia State. in, In some cases, it's just human nature, especially when you're younger for these players to be looking ahead towards games that they know from a national perspective are going to be viewed as much bigger games. Now, I do believe this game will be close at halftime, but the Gamecock coaching staff, in my opinion, will make enough adjustments in the second half, and the overall talent advantage that the Gamecocks do have over the Panthers will push them over the top by the end of this game. Now, in just a couple moments, I'll be going over the six toughest games for the Gamecocks in the 2022 football season, and I'll, of course, give my reasoning why that is the case for each of my selections. Before I do get into all of that, I do need to tell y'all that as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Myself being a recent college graduate, I've been able to stay in touch and create a network with many people who are alumni of the University of South Carolina. When you use LinkedIn Jobs, you can create a job post in just minutes in order to reach both your own personal network and a worldwide professional network consisting of 810 million people. You can also add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame on your profile, which helps to find the right people that fit the job description to a T where LinkedIn provides tools like screening questions to filter through candidates and help you populate viable choices for the position. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus other leading competitors in the industry. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? With that much traffic going on, why wouldn't you want to join? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdowncollege. Again, that's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions do apply. Okay, so now that I have gone over the six easiest games, in my opinion, for South Carolina's 2022 football slate, I'll now go over the six toughest games on their schedule, starting off with the six toughest game, which, in my opinion, is Week 6 at Kentucky. Now, for South Carolina, of course— This is one of those proverbial monkeys on their back right now, as they've lost seven of the last eight games against Kentucky and haven't won in Lexington since 2012, 10 years ago now. Kentucky has high hopes for this season behind quarterback Will Levis and running back Chris Rodriguez, but they will have to answer a few questions the first five weeks of the season. Like, who steps up a wide receiver outside of Tavian Robinson? Does the offensive line gel well enough With three new starters up front. And does the secondary do any better after what happened in certain games this past season? Kentucky does play at Ole Miss the week prior and Mississippi State the week after. While South Carolina plays South Carolina State the week prior and has a bye week the week after. So from a schedule standpoint, South Carolina has the advantage here. From a talent standpoint, it is probably much closer. I would give a slight edge to South Carolina For years, I think the reason why South Carolina hasn't been able to really contend or really win this game as much is because Kentucky's just had better coaching staffs. I think that now South Carolina, in terms of that, has closed the gap. So while this game is still going to be one of the tougher ones, I don't think it will be as tough as it's been in years past. The fifth toughest game, in my opinion, for the Gamecocks will be Week 8 versus Texas A&M at home. Now, South Carolina and A&M will both be coming off a bye week before this game, but A&M does play Alabama right before their bye week and plays Ole Miss the week after, while South Carolina, on the other hand, will be playing Missouri after the A&M game and plays Kentucky the week prior to the bye. So, is A&M going to be emotionally recovered from the Alabama game with how emotionally charged that game is going to be because of what else happened during this past offseason? A&M will still have talent. But they will be younger overall as a team, and they are near the bottom of the SEC in terms of returning production, according to ESPN's Bill Connolly. While the Gamecocks are in the exact opposite situation, having one of the best numbers in returning production in the SEC. The Gamecocks will also have this game at home, and if there is one thing Gamecock fans learned for sure after last season... When Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator, is given time to make adjustments offensively, it does tend to pay off well the following game, at least if we're going to use the sample size from the 2021 season. Now the fourth toughest game for the Gamecocks, from this point on, this is where I really started to split hairs and the next four selections were extremely difficult, quite honestly. Fourth toughest game, in my opinion, is Week 12 against the Tennessee Volunteers at home. Now, the Gamecocks do play this game in between the Florida game in Week 11 and the Clemson game in Week 13, basically revitalizing the old Orange Crush ending to the regular season, while Tennessee plays Missouri the week prior and at Vanderbilt in Week 13. Tennessee, of course, scorched the Gamecocks early on in their game last year and wound up blowing them out. And this year, they're second in returning production in the SEC. Again, using ESPN staff writer Bill Connolly's metrics. And they happen to even have more return production than South Carolina in this instance. South Carolina will have the game at home this time around. And in my opinion, will have a much improved offensive roster to go up against Tennessee's offense. And they'll also have continuity in the scheme on both sides of the ball. But will it be enough to overcome Tennessee's unique style of up-tempo, no-huddle offense and their veteran-led squad? We'll, of course, have to find out when this game is played. The third toughest game, in my opinion, for the Gamecocks is Week 2 against the Arkansas Razorbacks on the road. Now, South Carolina plays the Razorbacks in between the Georgia State and Georgia games in Week 1 and 3, while Arkansas plays Cincinnati in Week 1 and Missouri State in Week 3, all these games at home. Arkansas is widely expected to have one of the most potent rushing attacks in the SEC again this year after leading the conference in rushing yards per game this past year. They're led by running back Rocket Sanders, quarterback KJ Jefferson and running back Dominique Johnson. They also returned four of their five starting offensive linemen from last year to boot. While South Carolina last season, they ranked 11th in the SEC in rush defense or rushing yards allowed per game. This game, is one that could be high scoring, as I do believe that both defenses are going to have their struggles. Arkansas, because of the fact they're losing a lot of experience and production from last year's defense, and the Gamecocks will have to try to slow down a three-headed monster rushing attack. And while I do believe they'll be better in rush defense this year, this is going to be a massive early test for this South Carolina front six. The second toughest game, in my opinion, for the Gamecocks is going to be week three, Versus Georgia at home, which means the toughest game, in my opinion, for South Carolina in 2022 will be Week 13 at Clemson. So I'll go ahead and start off with the Georgia game. Now, this game is slotted between the Arkansas and Charlotte games for South Carolina. And for Georgia's case, they're playing Samford before South Carolina, not Stanford, Sanford and Kent State the week after. So from a schedule standpoint, uh, yeah, South Carolina's got it a lot worse Than Georgia does. And Georgia, of course, has absolutely trounced the Gamecocks last two seasons and is one of the most talented teams in the country. Despite all the losses on defense, listen, I don't care what you say about how many starters are not coming back for them. That defense is still going to be one of the best in college football, and the offense returns, I think, at least eight, nine starters from last year's national championship winning team. Now, the Gamecocks do have home field advantage. But they will be coming off a very physical game against Arkansas. And they'll undoubtedly have to play 60 minutes of near-mistake-free football if they want to try to knock off the Georgia Bulldogs. So, yeah, this game, you could maybe make an argument for this game being the toughest on the schedule. But as I mentioned earlier, I do think there is one game that does trump this Georgia game. And that is the game against the Clemson Tigers in Week 13. Now, the Tigers, of course, have defeated the Gamecocks in the last seven meetings, something that really just hurts South Carolina fans' hearts when they have to think about it. And this includes a 30 to nothing beatdown from last year in Columbia. South Carolina does play a really tough opponent this year before their rivalry game, and so does Clemson. The Gamecocks play Tennessee the week prior, while Clemson plays the Miami Hurricanes the week before the Palmetto Bowl. Now, Clemson does return, of course, one of the best D-lines in the country. As I have mentioned before, you're not going to hear an argument out of me, and I really don't think there's any argument to make against that statement. But they do have a lot of questions regarding their offense, and plus two new coordinators on this staff for the first time in many, many years. This game being in Clemson and at the end of this season could be detrimental to the Gamecocks on both fronts. Obviously, I don't really have to explain the part about them playing in Clemson, but You know, the fact that Clemson's going to have this much time in order to try to work out their potential issues that they have with quarterback, with the offensive line, maybe with the play calling on both sides of the ball, maybe who's going to be their third wide receiver? Will Ningata and Bo Collins step up as their top two wideouts? Clemson has questions, but the thing is, because this robbery's at the end of the season, they're going to have plenty of time to work all those kinks out. Of course, so will the Gamecocks, but... In my opinion, if we were playing this game early in the year, like week 5 or 6, I think that that would be much more detrimental to Clemson. But I think that gets offset because, of course, this is in week 13. Now... As far as the game's concerned, I think that this is going to be a much more competitive game, I will say. I don't think this is going to be any sort of blowout. It certainly will not be 30 to nothing like it was last year. And I do think that this game could get ugly. I even think there's a chance it could be a low-scoring type game. The only issue with that is I feel like that this is something that would actually play potentially in the favor of the Clemson Tigers. Again, based on kind of what happened last year with the talent they have on defense and with the rushing attack they've got. But again, this will all, of course, depend on what happens throughout the 2022 football season. A lot of interesting storylines to look at for both South Carolina and Clemson. But either way, with that and, you know, the potential mental block this team has, especially after what I saw this past year, how many advantages the Gamecocks had over the Tigers heading into that game, I do think that in 2022, the toughest game of the season will be Week 13 at Clemson. Now, in just a few moments, I'll talk real quickly about the men's basketball team's newest commitment in three-star power forward, Colin Murray Bowles. But before I get into his commitment and what he could bring to the hardwood for the Gamecocks, I do want to let y'all know about our friends at BetOnline. Now, BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and yes, even golf. Betonline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sporting wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered on all fronts. So be sure to head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn the latest about the trends and action because Bet Online is where the game is starts all right now for the final segment of today's show i'm going to talk about real quickly the commitment of 2023 three-star power forward colin murray Bowles from right here in the midlands in south carolina now colin murray Bowles is the first commit for the 2023 recruiting class for lamont paris and this coaching staff how good of a prospect is he Well, Colin Murray Bowles, as I mentioned, is rated a three-star and also rated as the 39th best power forward in the country, according to 24-7 Sports. And some of the other notable offers that he had were Belmont, St. Bonaventure, SMU, Wofford, and, of course, there was a few others as well. South Carolina was one of the two bigger offers that he got from high major programs, SMU being the other one. But Belmont, St. Bonaventure, and Wofford those offers are no slouch offers. I mean, those are three really solid men's basketball programs who have been to the NCAA tournament multiple times in the past decade or so. Now, for those of you who maybe haven't been following the men's basketball recruiting front recently, you may be asking yourself, so what are we getting from a skill set standpoint with Colin Murray Bowles. Well, when I look back at some of his film from his junior year at A.C. Flora High School, which is in Region 4-4A in South Carolina, these were some of the notes that I took. He can elevate above the rim, both in the fast break on offense or when defending the paint on defense. And he showcased this multiple times in the seven, eight minutes of film I watched. He also is very good at reading telegraph passes when he is on the defensive end. He has extremely solid passing ability for a big man, both showing the ability to throw full court passes and also having extremely high IQ when running on the fast break. For a guy that plays the four position or is projected to be a four in college basketball, Murray Bowles is an extremely advanced passer. He also can stop and pop, basically meaning he can stop on dime with his dribble and shoot the basketball Real quickly, anywhere from 15 to 20 feet away from the basket, and he can be pretty solid in that range. He runs the floor when his teammates take it inside the paint, which opens the door for putback dunks or offensive rebounds. And he also shows an ability to take defenders off the dribble and take it to the rack. So overall, what should the expectations be for Colin Murray Bowles in year one? Well, based on his film... Colin Murray Bowles has a ton of potential to be a really good college basketball player. Now, he might not always be the best athlete when he's on the floor when he plays in college, but Murray Bowles is crafty. He showed advanced passing, like I mentioned earlier. And he also has shown an ability to score in a variety of different ways. He's not afraid to shoot the ball. He is very confident in his ability on offense, which when you combine that with his IQ and his innate ability to pass the ball despite the position he plays, it's no wonder why lot Harris really wanted this kid. On top of all of this, he also plays with a very high motor and you can't go wrong with that either. So as far as playing time is concerned, I can definitely see Colin Murray Bowles getting some minutes off the bench in year one as kind of maybe a three slash four, maybe small forward or powerful because he's only 6'7", so he does have the size to definitely slide down two or three if Lamont Paris sees fit. And I believe he can play both positions personally. Based on his skill set, he is a really solid fit for what Lamont Paris wants to run with that swing offense ...coming into Columbia. Basically, a swing offense meaning that he wants a lot of movement and passing between all five players on the court. Not just one or two guys playing a bunch of iso ball, trying to take guys off the dribble and score every single time. And he also does want guys who are confident. And that definitely summarizes Colin Murray Ball's game on the offensive end. But with that being said, y'all, that's going to do it for today's show of the Lockdown Game Cox podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always... What are your thoughts on South Carolina's schedule and the toughest games on the schedule? Do you think that maybe I was way off with any of my rankings? Do you think maybe I ranked the Florida game, for example, way too low? Would you rearrange my top four of Tennessee, Arkansas, Georgia, and Clemson differently? What are your thoughts on all of that? Plus, what are your opinions on recent commitment Colin Murray balls on the men's basketball front. What do you think that he brings to the table? Do you think maybe he could even push for maybe a starting position on the basketball court in his freshman year? I do want to hear your thoughts down below in the comments section if you're watching this on YouTube. But of course, if you're listening to this on an audio podcast app, wherever you get your podcasts daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message at alion underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you have for me as quickly as I see it. And also, if you enjoyed the Locked On Gamecocks podcast and you want to get more news on the entire SCC conference, then make Locked On SEC your second listen every day, where host Chris Scory and the local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in just 30 minutes. Again, make Locked On SEC your second listen after, of course, the Locked On Cox podcast. But once again, y'all, that's going to do it for me on today's show. Hope that y'all have a great rest of your Monday, and I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Cox podcast.